don't take the job for the benefits. Take the job that's going to get you to your next goal. That's right. Take the job and that you're going to be happy doing. Yeah. Don't take some miserable job that you hate because the benefits are great. Oh, yeah. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Co-hosts Amanda Ware, our Christmas queen and founder of Hello Holidays, and Dr. Carol Osborne, our multi-venture guru, are ready to sit down and share their stories, insights, and wisdom to inspire aspiring trailblazers like you who are gearing up to start your own business, seeking personal growth, or looking for that spark to set your soul ablaze. Okay, so we're talking about health insurance benefits, all the things that if you're graduating college or if you're about to enter the workforce, things that maybe not might not be on your radar or something your parents or people around you make very important. Are those that important at this stage of life? So I think there's lots of ways to think about this, but I think it is like an, a step that we don't give kids good information around. There's not any training in college for how it works after you get a job. It's like, finish all your classes, graduate, get a job. That's like the instruction that the world gives you. But what kind of job and doing what and what's that mean and, you know, things that maybe your parents or you know, your family helped support you through college around things like health insurance that, you know, now in the U.S. we can keep kids on our health insurance plans until they're 25. Okay, that's great. But then if you haven't been teaching them how health insurance works and now they're 25 and they have their own insurance, it's not like health insurance check. Now I don't have to, like, worry about it. There's a lot more that goes into it. And being a midwife, I've learned that a lot of people don't really understand how their health insurance works mm-hmm. until they have a baby because it's the first, like, high-dollar health care event they really have. If you're a pretty young, healthy person, the first time you're going to have a big bill is from having a baby. So anyway, okay, to back up. <clears throat> there are things that are important. To do when you're young and I actually believe that setting up retirement plans whether it's an IRA or 401k when you're young is a really important thing it's tax deferred meaning you don't pay tax on that money and it really does compound over time so putting money in when you're young versus when you're older actually makes a difference health insurance is a trap health insurance is something that keeps people in jobs they don't like keeps people from taking jobs they really want, uh, keeps people from feeling like they can start things on their own because it's like, well, but I won't have health insurance. Okay, well, especially after President Obama's administration, there's lots of ways to get health insurance. You don't have to have benefits offered by your employer to get health insurance. You can get health insurance from state health exchange. The, The initial goal, the reason health insurance exists, was so that if you had a catastrophic injury or illness, like a cancer diagnosis, that it wouldn't ruin you and your family financially to get care. So health insurance was supposed to make healthcare more accessible to more people. As it's evolved, it actually has created this layer of confusion and 
administrative burden and a whole lot of money for the insurance companies in between the patient and the provider. And the important things to know basically about how health insurance works is, yes, you pay your premiums every month. So you pay some, your employer pays some, that pays into insurance plan. That insurance plan should then cover your health care costs. However, just like any other form of insurance, there's a deductible. And as health care costs have gone up, so have the deductibles. So if you have a $5,000 deductible, which is like pretty straight up the middle, that's not the lowest and not the highest, that means that you have to have $5,000 of out-of-pocket health care bills, claims from care a year before the insurance is going to pay for anything. So that means that you've paid, you know, up to, you know, ten dollars to $15,000 a year for your health care, even if you didn't get any, right? So you've paid in your premiums, even wow. if you didn't go to the doctor one time. And if you have an ER visit or whatever, it's not going to cover that. There are some benefit plans or some health insurance plans that have what's called pre-deductible uh, services. Sometimes ER visits are included in that. But people don't really know, and they don't really understand, and they think, well, but I've been paying for my health insurance. I have insurance. I shouldn't have to pay for this. Yeah, I feel that way. Right. And people want their, they've been paying the premium, mm -hmm. so they want their insurance, yeah. they want to go to whatever provider their yeah. insurance takes their insurance. Yeah. Well, if you have a $5,000 deductible, it actually might be a better financial decision to go to urgent care or go see like a drop-in clinic that's cheaper than going to a primary care clinic where they take your insurance because the negotiated rates are all over the place. So sometimes it's cheaper to pay out of pocket for your, your health care rather than... But nobody wants to do that. That's scary. Wants to do that. that seems nobody scary. Because in their minds... It's like, but I've already paid for it because I have insurance and I should use my insurance. And the truth is, if you haven't paid for anything, you should think of it as like collision coverage on your car. Mm. Your health insurance is really only helpful if you have some big bad something. Well, I feel like if I was 20 and I was graduating college, 23, and I was graduating college, and they're like, listen, you can pay $15,000 a year for insurance or have zero. I'd be like, zero, I'm fine. I'm in, I'm, I'm. I'm healthy. I'd rather, I mean, I got a lot of things I want that money to go to. So, <laughs> so that's what happens. And then you catch yourself getting sick and then you don't go to the doctor and then you get sicker and you just don't take care of yourself. Self-pressed people would never not have insurance. That's right. <laughs> but I think that's part of why it's hard to be young in the U.S. as opposed to other countries that have universal health care is that that is a deciding factor in like jobs that you take or don't take and you know what you need from an income level like having healthcare be now and what I keep telling my kids is this is a good reason to like take good care of yourself to eat well and exercise and sleep so that you don't have to have big expenses but we've got accident prone kids we get a lot of ER visits over the past few years you got a lot of boys in your family I have one. It's a lot. A lot of boobies. It's a lot. A lot of boobies. Yeah. So uh, that's retirement plans and health insurance. And then really people are like, well, what else is there? Sometimes your employer might offer life insurance, 
that basically says, if I die, my family will be entitled to my income for like an extra year or two years or whatever the plan limits are. So that, you know, if you think of it from historical context, so that like a stay-at-home mom has some time oh, yeah. to figure out how to like mm-hmm. make it through life if she was dependent on her husband's income or... Doesn't everybody love life insurance? What's wrong with life insurance? I like life insurance. I like the idea of life insurance. We have it. I'm, I love that idea, not because it just feels like it gives you some like, okay, you know, wiggle room of not fear of death, fear of what could happen. Yeah, but the truth is, if you look at how helpful or not life insurance ends up being, I mean, outside of people who actually die quite young, you've been paying for life insurance till you're 85. You've paid all this totally, money and then you don't. Then yeah. it doesn't. It's that what if. It's that we're all living in the what if. We're we're trained in America to think of all the worst case scenarios and have backup plans. That's so, right. so insurance as an industry is just preying on fear. Totally, it's like I'm gonna get you to pay me to make mm-hmm. you less afraid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that why they have it where you can be your kid can be on your insurance till they're 25, 26? Why is it? Yeah, and is that why? Like, we parents are more likely to get their kids insurance, so the insurance company knows that 22-year-old isn't going to get insurance, but that parent wants them to have insurance. Yeah, because in the end, uh, you know, this we do provide health care for people. Like, if you roll in through the ER, the hospital's obligated to take care of you. So... You have to pay your bill, though. You have to pay your bill if you go to the hospital and you go to the ER and you don't have insurance. You don't. I feel like you don't have to pay your bill. People go all the time; they have to pay their bills. So I'm like, is I thought healthcare was already free. I I know that's ignorant. (laughs) I thought it was already free if you couldn't afford insurance. It's like oh, because people are in there all the time. I know people who have nothing. I saw them. They post on Instagram, Facebook. They are in the ER all the time. So there is something called indigent care. So, but it's still not free. It still costs somebody something. It certainly costs the system. If those folks have Medicaid or they're eligible for Medicaid, the state pays for it. Yeah. Which means really you're paying. For yeah, it. totally. That's free. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they're looking at it. Yeah. And it's so the opposite of true, right? It's not free at all. In fact, it's incredibly expensive. Like defaulting to going to the ER for your, like, strep throat yeah. is a huge cost for something that could have been taken care of in an urgent Totally. I could see that. That's why I just, you know. So, health insurance, 401k, life insurance. I don't feel like you gave an answer for, for health care yet. Okay. I, I'm not, I don't feel like you gave direction. You just kind of sh- shared what is out there, but, like, if what Abby, you, okay, Abby graduates in December, her parents are ready to take her off their insurance. They want to be free of Abby's financial burden. Yeah. What does Abby do? What What would you say, Abby? If I were you, if if you were Abby, what would you do? What would you, Abby and her roommates? Step one: stay healthy. Step two: have a real understanding of what your deductible is if you have insurance. So if you get insurance from your employer or if you go out to the state health exchange, know what your deductible is and have that amount of money in the bank in case you need it. Because I think people don't think like, oh, I have to pay the first 
whatever. The lowest deductibles are like $1,500. The highest deductibles are eight to 10000 So the trade-off is if you pay more money in in premiums, the deductible is lower. If you pay less money in in premiums, the deductible is higher. So it's all a, like a gamble on how likely you are to need health care or not. So in general, though, I would say look for uh, options that have a health savings plan because a health savings plan is essentially like a flexible spending account that your employer is putting money into that you can spend on things that you choose. So like your gym membership or things that are actually going to keep you healthy. Um, and it's not taxed. It's before taxes. I love health. I do know about that, and I love health savings plans. I've got a, I've got a card, and I use it for all medical. It makes it a lot easier. Yeah, I actually think a health savings plan is more of what we should have. So, in general, I tell people have an HSA, a health savings account, and a high-deductible insurance so that you're essentially paying for primary care visits and, like, your acne meds or whatever out of your HSA and then you know that you have essentially catastrophic coverage if you got hit by a car or got cancer. <laughs> and the HSA you can collect for years and years and years and it actually makes money, right? It rolls over and it usually carries an interest rate. It's kind of a gamble um, and, and you have to think about like what it really means to you and how much you're willing to spend on it. But I think people don't think about it. They just kind of take whatever's offered and they don't really even stop to think like, oh, I have an option here. Because it feels too hard. It's too hard. It feels too complex. It feels too dirty. So you just want to go with whatever sounds simpler and easier and cheaper at the time. And you're saying, I get a health savings account. Make sure you have the deductible amount of the deductible in your account. So just in case, that's your advice for health care. Yeah, so that you don't have to worry about it. Like, if you know that in your savings account you have enough money to cover your deductible at all times, then whatever. You know, if you get sick, great. If you don't, fine. You know, it's always better to not be sick. Um, I think the other time, the other thing that maybe Abby and her roommates are more aware of than you and I were is the idea of uh, time off, whether it's paid time or unpaid time. So... I would say post-pandemic, as kind of the nature of work and remote work and all of that is changing, conversations around the future of work really include things like remote work as a benefit, being able to work from home. Work from home is not really from home. Work from wherever you want to be working from, some portion of your time, and time off even if it's unpaid. So paid time off, PTO is a great thing, you know, especially if you're sick or there's some, you know, thing that you need to take time away for. But paid time off is usually quite limited and not that negotiable. What is more negotiable is unpaid time. So if you're, if it's important to you to be able to go to your, you know, family vacation for two weeks once a year, Talk to your employer about taking that as unpaid time. And, like, I think that is something that, you know, millennials, Gen Zers are, are better at, is sort of valuing their time and saying, this is important to me. I think, you know, the pandemic kind of 
reset expectations because it's like we know the world can go to hell in a handbasket. We want to do the things we want to do now rather than, you know, we were kind of taught, like, work your ass off, live then, for retirement. Totally. Like, yeah. Work for, work for, live for. Live for being age 60. Like, when you become 60, then life can begin. Yeah. And I think that's a fallacy anyway, but definitely uh, has shifted post-pandemic of, like, well, if you're not going to live till 60, <laughs> if, if we're going to have, like, you know, infectious diseases that mean that life expectancy goes down. And also, I think part of what's sad about that is so many people work so hard and then they're not physically well enough. Oh, yeah. To really enjoy being retired, and they spend all of their time going to the doctor. Totally. It's like, yeah. live for retirement so you can go to the doctor every day. Oh, and they love to talk about it, too. I'm yeah. not living for retirement. Mm -hmm. I'm living right now. And if that means that, like, my 401k is not as built up as it could be or yeah. whatever, I don't care. Because I really feel like that should not be what drives your choice of work. I love that. That should not be what drives your you decision making around when to go places and when to do and what job to take and what job and to take the job don't take the job for the benefits take the job that's going to get you to your next goal that's right take the job and that you're going to be happy doing yeah don't take some miserable job that you hate because the benefits are good oh yeah yeah Ooh, but a lot of people are doing that in america a lot of people and they don't look happy they look miserable yeah. But we have made that something to we conform. We've we've created that. Our culture's created this like because we yeah. prioritize safety. Yeah. So here's the thing, and this is true for everybody, but particularly those wired toward entrepreneurship is society is set up around safety, like, and I don't think as human beings, yes, safety is important. Sure, you know. You don't want to be maimed. You don't want to, you know, die an unnecessary young death. But the levels of checks and double checks that we've created around making people feel safe, I think the bigger question is, why don't we feel safe? Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Soul Blazers podcast. Kara and Amanda, your soul-blazing big sisters, are just laying the foundation for all of the amazing things to come. If you want to stay up to date on new episodes, be notified of any discounts, or get a glimpse of what we are working on behind the scenes, go to soulblazers.com and subscribe to our newsletter. Until next time, soul blazers.